How is it going, guys? Welcome back to another episode of HQI Sports on VIC Radio. Uh, it is Saturday at noon, so you know what time it is. It is time for HQI Sports. Uh, with me is Parker. How are you doing today, Parker? I'm pretty good, Josh. How are you today? And also joining us today is Rocco. How are you doing today, Rocco? I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. How are you guys? We are doing we are doing absolutely great. Sports is there is so much in the sports world, so we got a lot to talk about in the show. Uh, just gonna give a quick overview of the show. We'll be talking about the NFL Week Five games, uh, most important games, game matchups that you guys are not gonna want to miss. Then we'll get into uh, some hockey since opening weekend is coming up, and also talk about the MLB playoffs, which are in full swing around. So, absolutely book show. Let's get straight into it, Parker. Runs to immortality and will be remembered forever in the Chiefs' kingdom. He drives one deep left field. That goes up to back near the wall. It's out of here. Bartolo has done it. Curry, way down top. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Thank you guys so much. I love you. And once again, welcome back to HQI Sports on VIC Radio. I am your host, Josh Hobbs, joined by Parker and Rocco. Let's dive right into the HQI headlines of the day, starting with that Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury will be facing off in Las Vegas tomorrow for their third matchup in their heated rivalry. Fury is a minus 280 favorite, according to Caesar Sportsbook, and Wilder is the plus 230 underdog. This is the first meeting uh, between the two that, that Wilder is the underdog. Uh, in, the, in the first meeting, uh, the matchup ended in a split draw, and then the second meeting, Fury won by TKO, TKO excuse me, in the seventh round. Uh, Parker, who do you got uh, coming out in this third and final matchup, presumably? Um, when it comes to fighting and such, I've come to never really back the favorite. So I'm going to go with uh, Wilder, the underdog. Really? All right. Yeah. I got to go with Fury in this one. I mean, he, he, his footwork, does his size, everything he's got going from. I'm honestly not the biggest boxing fan, but I've I've watched Fury fight multiple times. He's just an absolute monster. So I'm going to take Fury, who is who is he is the favorite in this one. I am going to take Fury to win uh, his second matchup between him and Deontay Wilder. Uh, going on to the next headline is that Russell Wilson had surgery, uh, I believe, last night on his right middle finger and is, is expected to miss anywhere between four, six, or even eight weeks uh, of the NFL regular season. The injury occurred uh, Thursday night during his game against the Rams uh, in the third quarter when Aaron Donald hit Russ as he was throwing and Wilson's hand met his pads. Uh, now that Geno Smith is the quarterback, you know, what's kind of your reaction to this headline? Um. I don't really. I, I'm the Seahawks already didn't look great. No, uh, Russell, Russell Wilson can't carry you to a championship is what we've learned from the past couple of years. Right. The bad news is uh, Geno Smith does not look like a vast improvement. He looked solid, um, but also that could just be a case of the Rams were underestimating him, so he got to get some uh, garbage throws. He uh, he looked fine, but I do not see this ending well for the Seahawks, and that might be great news for the Jets who have their first round pick this year. Yeah, I mean, let's not kid ourselves. There is obviously a massive difference between Geno Smith as your quarterback and Russell Wilson as your quarterback. There was obviously other problems that the Seahawks were dealing with, but for a team that, like like you said, was not looking good to start the season, this is obviously a major blow. Um, I honestly think we could see the Seahawks missing the playoffs for the first time in, I think, a while. Uh, um, first time, I think, in Russell Wilson's career, maybe. That would be that would be absolutely uh, incredible. Um, well, harmful. Or disappointing for the Seahawks, but it, that just shows you the, the, the tremendous impact that Russell Wilson has on the field. 
Uh, let's go to on to another headline. Hank Aaron Award finalists were announced uh, for the best overall offensive performer in each league. Uh, we have the list right here. Uh, Parker, who do you think he's gonna? Can you give me a who you think is gonna be winning this award for each uh, each uh, league? In the American League, I'm so tempted to say that they're gonna give it to Otani just because of the pitching benefit. But uh, down the stretch, Vlad was so good, so I'm gonna give it to the Blue Jays, uh, okay. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. All right. Uh, for me in the American League, I got I have to go with Salvador Perez. He's just been an absolute monster in the second half of the season. I know I know he's not been getting uh, probably the hype that he deserves and the credit that he deserves since the Royals have been playing so uh, bad during the majority of the season. But for a catcher to be doing what he's doing, you know, 48 home runs, which led the American League, I think it led baseball actually. Uh, forgot the exact number of RBIs, but I also I also believe that led baseball. What you, and then just obviously this isn't a defensive award, but Salvador Perez has been an absolute monster this year. I think he needs to get the credit that he deserves. Uh, but what, what about the uh, National League? What are you thinking? National League, I'm so tempted because I'm, I'm a big baseball highlight fan. Right. So <laughs> I, I really want to give it to Tatis. Yep. But i got to be realistic. I've heard Juan Soto's name in the news way too much over the past season. He's been absolutely, he's been absolutely incredible. Not, not going to dispute that. I will go with Bryce Harper, though. I think he's been very, very good. Um Obviously, the Phillies have been a little bit disappointing, but Bryce Harper has been an absolute monster. Uh, no denying that. So I'll go Bryce Harper for that one. Uh, but let's get into our final our final headline of this Saturday. Uh, opening weekend for for the NHL is coming up very fast. Uh, we have Rocco to my left here joining us to talk about it. Uh, Rocco, give us your take about the news um, on the block. You know, the Seattle Kraken being on the news teams. Just what's kind of your overall feelings towards this opening day coming up? Yeah, I mean, like you said, uh, the the Seattle Kraken are the new guys on the block. Uh, they're going to be the first new team since the 2017-2018 uh, season when the Vegas Golden Knights made their inaugural season. Um, I think they have very good strengths on defense and in their goaltending. For their goaltending, they have uh, Phil Grubauer, who proved himself to be a number one goalie. Uh, each season uh, up to the season playing with the Kraken. I mean, I remember when he was a backup for the Washington Capitals and how they were kind of alternating between him and I forgot who else, whoever else was their starting goalie at the time. But last season with Colorado, I mean, if you look at these stats, in the 40 games he's played, he started 39, he won 30, lost 9, and lost 1 in over in overtime. Uh, he recorded a .922 save percentage, and he was averaging 1.95 goals against average. So I think they do have some depth in their goaltending, and they also have some good uh, def- defense as well with, um, let's see here who we have. They had Jamie Alexiak. At, uh, he's, a, he's a big body, uh, six foot seven, two 255 pounds, uh, Mark Giordano. Uh, Adam Larson and Vince Dunn, so you have a lot of veteran presence on that defensive line. Um, I th- and I hope to see. I hope that they add uh, Carson Soucy uh, for even more size. Uh, six foot five, two hundred eleven pounds. Um, that's going to add a lot more size and to their blue line. That's going to be a blue line to that's that's going to be they're going to be hard to score on the the Seattle Kraken. They're definitely going to be they're not going to be a, an easy team to put the puck in the net against. Right. But as far as putting the puck in. Uh, offensively, I think they're going to struggle. Okay. Um, one of their one of my favorite guys that they have is Colin Blackwell. Uh, they got him from the New York Rangers. Um, this is a guy. This is a guy who normally wasn't a top six forward until last year when he found himself playing on the first first or second line with big names such as Artemi Panarin and Ryan Strom. Uh, even at times with Mika Zibanejad. 
Uh, he doesn't have really, he doesn't have a lot of size, but he definitely can create opportunities, and he's put the the puck in the net. So, so what I'm hearing is, you know, defense is definitely going to be imposing, and in the offense, it might not be as clear cut, but they'll, they'll they'll have some guys. You know, what's what's kind of your prediction for the Seattle Kraken team this year? Um, I think they'll make the playoffs. Um, I'm not sure how far though. I mean, we saw from a couple years ago. We saw from a couple years ago Vegas putting themselves in the playoffs as far as they went. I mean, not a lot of people predicted that. Will this turn into that same kind of year for Seattle? I really it's it's going to be hard it's going to be hard to tell because yes, they have some great defense, but it's going to be hard for them to put that puck in the net. It's going to have they're going to have a lot of low-scoring games. Right. Um Yanni Gord, their number 1 center is out from shoulder surgery right now. Uh, so to start, they're gonna have to they're they're gonna have to find ways to put that puck in the net. I don't think defense for them is gonna be a problem, like I said. Um, but yeah, I think if they figure out how to put the puck in the net, and uh, if they get their offense generated and going, I think they'll have a, a, a good season. That sounds good. Uh, so another question, Rocco, what are some games you know for NHL fans on this opening week, or even for fans who are not you know following hockey as much? What are some games that you would recommend they watch during this opening weekend? Well, aesthetically, it's you know the first game, uh, Vegas and Seattle, two of the newest teams going head to head. You know, ju- you know, just aesthetically, the way that looks, it's it, that's definitely going to look like a great game. Um, but um, if you wanted, to, if you are, if even if you're not a hockey fan, um, or even if you are a hockey fan, but you like physical play and just overall excitement, then you need to tune in on Wednesday when the Rangers visit DC to take on the Capitals. And reason why I say that is because now we have. The matchup that everyone has been waiting for. I mean, you go back to last season towards the end when Tom Wilson had that whole scrum against Panarin, Buchnevich, and that whole incident where everyone thought he'd get suspended, where really he just got a five thousand dollar fine. And the game right after, they went back to they went back at it, um, and everyone was going after Wilson. It resulted in three fights off the opening faceoff and. Let me just tell you, the Rangers were just not happy. But now, in this office season, the Rangers definitely added a lot of physical depth and grit to their to their roster. They got a huge addition in Ryan Reeves, and those hockey. And if you're a hockey fan, you know the history between Ryan Reeves and Tom Wilson. I mean, these guys have these guys just don't like each other. Right. I mean, they they've been going at it for the longest time ever since Ryan Reeves was on the St. Louis Blues. And which was quite some time ago because he just came from Vegas. Um, so that's definitely going to be a, a big, big team to watch, uh, big game to watch, excuse me. A um, yeah. lot of physical play. I wouldn't, I mean, if you like fights, expect some fights yeah. because there's definitely going to be a couple. All right, so, yeah, yeah. so we got we got some drama in, uh, in this opening weekend. That's always great to see. Uh, Rocco, I know it's very, very early, but we got we, we obviously got to ask you this question. Can you give us an early Stanley Cup prediction as we head into the as as we head into opening weekend? And who do you think will have the best chance of winning the Stanley Cup this year? Well, I find I think that this year, if the Colorado Avalanche don't execute and get themselves a cup, I don't know when it'll be because right. right now they have guys like Kill McCarr, who's a two way defenseman. He was a Norris Trophy nominee. And you have the offensive weapons such as the quick and speedy Nathan McKinnon, uh, Miko Rantanen. Um, and guys like that who just constantly put points on the board, and um, I, I, I really would be unfortunate to see them not win the Cup this year. Uh, if you look at Nathan McKinnon's stats from last year in the regular season, he played in 48 games. He played 20 goals, 45-6 for 65 points, 
And in the playoffs, in the 10 games that they played in the playoffs, eight goals, seven assists, 15 points. I mean, this is a guy who you need on your team. He's going to definitely generate a lot of offense for your team. And along with the other guys that they have, such as Migo Rantanen um, and Gabriel Landeskog, I should mention as well. Um, and then you have Kale McCarr, like I said, good two-way defenseman, Norris Trophy nominee. Um, I really do think that if the, if if the if the Avalanche do not converge on winning the Stanley Cup, if they don't make it to the Stanley Cup this year, I, it's little by little their chances are just going to decline. All right, so we we got a lot of, we got a lot of expectations reasonably about the Colorado Avalanche this year. I cannot wait, honestly, for NHL uh, opening weekend this season. Rocco, thank you so much for coming on this show. I had a great time. Uh, discussing the NHL with you. When we come back from our very short break, we'll go over with, we'll actually be doing a new segment for this show, Parker's Powering. You guys are not going to want to miss this. Do you like listening to your favorite songs? Well, on We Got It Covered, you'll hear them. Just not the originals. From pop to country, classic rock to musical theater, and more, there's something for everybody to love. And we guarantee you'll be surprised to hear which of your favorite songs isn't actually an original. Tune in to We Got It Covered on Wednesdays from 8 to 10 p.m. right here on VIC Radio. La la la, I love to ride my bike so I can feel the wind through my hair. Hey kid, wear a helmet! No way, Grandpa, because then I'm looking like an idiot. The majority of bicycle deaths are due to head injuries. Helmets reduce the odds of a head injury by 50%. Don't be a dummy. Wear a helmet. <clears throat> VIC Radio. Hello. Hey, what's up? How are you? Good, good, you know. It's so typical of me to talk about No, like, no, like, tell me what you want to hear. That's why, you know, that's what radio DJs do. Take requests and, you know, are you, you're still talking, okay. Sounds good. We take requests. Call in at 607-274-1059 or tweet us at VIC Radio. Welcome back to HQI Sports. Now it's time for a very new segment on this show, Parker's NFL Power Rankings. Uh, I'll be Parker will essentially just be going over his top five teams in the NFL to date, and then basically we'll be discussing them right after. So, Parker, you do want to get started? Yeah, yeah. I am a little worried, but I need. I, hey, I you, got, you guys speak with your chest out. I want to. Oh. I, I want to hear these. Don't get me wrong. I think I'm right. I just don't know what you're okay. going to do to me. All right. uh, but I will say uh, I'm doing this a little differently. This is not necessarily who I think is going to win the Super Bowl right now. Okay. This is based on if the two tam- teams we're playing right now, it's week 17, and if you win, you go to the playoffs. If you lose, you're out. Yes. That's how I'm looking at this. I'm looking at this in a clutch game, but not the Super Bowl. Okay. That's kind of the difference. Let's hear, what, let's hear these power rankings. All right. So my number five team, you're going to call me biased. It's the Baltimore Ravens. Um, needless to say, like I think you'll probably lead with this. After week one, I was not expecting to have the Ravens on this list. Um, they looked bad against the Raiders, to be completely honest, especially after what we'd all come to expect from, like, one of the more explosive teams in football. 
Um, that said, obviously they suffered a lot of injuries, but they bounced back in such a significant way that I felt like I had to put them on here. Yes, they beat the Chiefs. I don't put as much stock into that as everyone else does because, like, the Chiefs look very bad right now. At least their defense does. Their offense looks as great as ever. But they're, I won't give too, too much credit. My big point here is how clutch Lamar Jackson has been because, yes, the team hasn't been perfect this year. It hasn't been uh, – their defense has been very bad at tackling, whether it's in clusters or in open field. But um, – They've made some very clutch fi- uh, final game drives. They beat the Chiefs. They were able to beat the Lions after playing like absolute garbage for three and a half quarters. So I'm going to keep them here. Um, moving on to number four, I'm going to have the L.A. Rams. They were number two, maybe number three until Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Um, they were so sluggish out of the gate against a very bad Seattle defense that I can't really trust them anymore. Their run game, uh, they're, they're badly missing Cam Akers. Sonny Michel looks fine, like especially he came back from that fumble very um, from week four very well. He, he looks like he's developing into a decent run with that team. But they don't quite look as solid. Their defense is still good. Their pass rush is as good as ever. You have Aaron Donald. You're going to have a pass rush no matter what. But their secondary, Geno Smith was able to get 130 yards and a touchdown off of what is supposed to be one of the more dominant offenses in football. So I can't say that I can trust them that much i'm willing to write off completely the loss against the cardinals that's a divisional game and they were off of a statement win against the bucks but right now i can't trust them as much as i trust some of the other teams on this list number three is going to be the la chargers both la teams cracking the top five is kind of a big deal this could be the biggest overrating uh on my list and i'm willing to acknowledge that but they should have needed one more year before looking this good and they look amazing um they had a bad loss to the Cowboys um, after making some mistakes. But other than that, they have played some very, very good football. Justin Herbert, is, he's living up to Offensive Rookie of the Year. Unlike Chase Young, who's coming off of like the Defensive Rookie of the Year, does not look that solid. Offensive Rookie of the Year is looking great this year. Making He's making great throws. He's not getting sacked. Um, he's, he looks like peak Ben Roethlisberger with a better arm, to be completely honest. Wow. Okay. Um and he can move, which is pretty nice. Yes. Um, Austin Eckler uh, finally had a breakout game. Chiefs have struggled to generate a run, but thanks to this O-line, finally starting to gel. I think Austin Eckler is going to be very good this season. Uh, offensive line, I genuinely think Slater's looking like Offensive Rookie of the Year right now. Uh, it's him and Jamar wow. Chase to me. Uh, okay. Rashawn Slater is making amazing blocks against very good defenders. Um yeah, I, I trust Rashawn Slater anywhere on that offensive line. I think he's incredible. And the defense isn't special, but they're making plays when they have to, which is keeping them in games that they should be getting sh- uh, that they should be getting rolled on. Uh, and then Herbert's able to get them back in anything. And they're on pace to have two 1,000-yard receivers, which can't be overstated, even if their run game was weakened again. Okay. Um, number two is the team that I think should probably be number one, but I've got my doubts, is the Arizona Cardinals. Let's get this out of the way. Kyler Murray is amazing. Um... They also have the best wide receiver room in football, and it might not be close. Like uh, DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, uh, Christian Kirk, and the rookie Rondell Moore, they look incredible. I know it's very easy to say that there are some lucky plays away from 2-2 two and two or worse. Like I know people want to hold that Vikings field goal against them, but they're not 2-2. Two and two. They're 4-0, and that means something to me. K-1 is good enough to dig them out of almost any hole. Uh, J.J. Watt looks like he was a good addition, not because of his stats. You pointed this out last week. He hasn't been very productive, but I think he's been a great leader. I've seen some reports about maybe they have some doubts about Kyler Murray being a good leader in the locker room, and that's why they signed all these veteran players in the offseason. Okay. Um, And I think if that is the case, I don't know that it is, but if that does happen to be the case, A.J. Green has gotten this wide receiver core humming. J.J. Watt has this defense. They haven't been super productive, but we can't look past that game against the Titans where uh, Chandler Jones had sacks. 
Monster. It, it Absolute monster. Insane. Uh, and they're allowing 21 points per game allowed, which is Arizona's leading with 35 points per game. So that looks pretty good for them. I don't trust K- Cliff Kingsbury, and that's probably the reason that they're number two. I, ca- I can't trust him. Right. But he outcoached Matt LaFleur. So, uh, not Matt LaFleur. Um, Sean, Sean McVay. McVay. Sean McVay. So I can give him some credit. I think they can beat pretty much anyone. The one team that I would take in a game against them right Who's now number one? Who's is number, number one? one, the Buffalo Bills. Okay. The, we got to start with the bad stuff. The offense is not as explosive as it was last year. Really? Jo- it's not as explosive as it was last okay. year. Josh Allen does, appears to be taking a step back like a lot of us thought he would. He looked like he was the MVP runner up last year. Uh, we we got to be very clear like he's not as he does not look as good, I don't think. Um and yet none of it matters because <laughs> their defense looks incredible. They're allowing 11 points per game. They're uh, allowing 30% on third down conversions, mm-hmm. 235 yards per game. Their run game looks so much better. I don't think they have a new back. They, just Devin Singletary is doing much yeah, better. Yeah, Singletary and Moss. Yeah, Singletary and Zach Moss, they both look much, much better. Um, I'll be the first to admit that none of it's against particularly good teams, so it's a very tentative number one slot. Okay. I want to see them beat a good team, and I think uh, we're going to talk about this later. Mm-hmm. I think this week's the week they do it. Okay. Um, <laughs> this uh, Their hardest game this season was the week one fluke. I call that Steelers game a complete fluke, especially after seeing how the Steelers many, are, many people are Yeah, many people are, will, will agree with you there. Yeah. This could be a terrible take in a few weeks. This might this might age very poorly because they're going to be up against some good teams in the coming mm-hmm. weeks. But I think they beat the Chiefs this week, and I think they're I think they're the best team in football right now. All right, so let's just let's just quickly recap. You got Ravens five, Rams four, Chargers three, Cardinals two, Bills one. Now, if it does make you feel better, I will I will pull up for you. My number six was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's just let's just let's just go go through this list point by point. I'll first say it's not terrible. It's it, there's there, um, no offense. I I think you have some good points. Um, I probably for right now would put Arizona number one, like kind of like you said, uh, and then slot the Bills right at number two. The Chargers, though, I you're just there's I can't there's no way I can't put them number three. They're they're they're, are they're 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 a very well okay. Uh, they're a very good team. I'll, I'll they're they're definitely a top ten team. I still I want to they haven't been okay. I know everyone like they beat the Chiefs and then they go out and go against the Raiders squad that that have been looking fairly solid and they pretty much just absolutely annihilate them in the first half. Raiders made somewhat of the comeback, but that game really wasn't even that it, close. It, that was that it was wasn't even that comeback. close. Yeah. Still, I'm 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 not saying I'm a Justin Herbert denier or doubter. I'm just not I'm just not able to put him like as an elite quarterback yet. I think he's on his way there and I think he'll pretty much be there pretty much at the end of the season, but right now I think it's a little bit premature. I can I can agree with that. Uh, I can agree. I don't know if he's every I don't think he's everything yet, but I think if we see just some more consistency from him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't I'm, I, like I said, not just nervous uh doubter. I just I'm a little bit I'm a little bit skeptical still. Fair. The Ravens one is where you you just lose me, Parker. I got to I got to I got to be honest here. All right. The Ravens, they they're the Ravens, they're 3 and 1 respectively. They could easily be 0 and 4. Like you look at Justin Justin Tucker had to break the NFL field goal record to to save them. Uh they had they also had to be bailed out by Clyde Edwards-Helaire who fumbled when they were in Ravens field goal territory on that Sunday night matchup. And then you go back to week 1 and you guys barely beat out the Raiders in overtime. I think the Oh Ra- no, we lost to the Raiders. Well, yeah, you yeah. lost to the Raiders. Sorry, I, my, no, you're fine. But still, my point is, the Ravens have been—you could say—pretty much lucky the entire season. They have been—they've had to be bailed out twice in their in the in in two of their three wins. So, I mean, 
I, I'm not saying they're a bad team, but to put them in the top five over the Bucks, over the Chiefs, I mean, what's your? I, I got to hear more as to what you're thinking here. Well, I will. I will touch on your Clyde Edwards-Hilaire point. Um, that's something I cut just for the sake of time. I don't. I don't. I don't blame Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for that fumble. I give the credit to the rookie Odafe oh Owe, that linebacker who is they were looking in, They were in field goal territory. They absolutely were. They should have kicked that field goal. I oh guess, my huh? God. Um, but to your point. Yes, the Ravens are very close to being one and three, zero oh and four if they'd continued to play so bad defensively. Yeah, I will. I will absolutely acknowledge that. But I give sim- similarly to how I talked about how the Cardinals could be two and two or worse. I don't think it matters because you're because they're not. Uh, they're not zero oh and four. They're not three uh, one and three. They, okay. are, they have those wins, and I give a lot of that credit to Lamar Jackson has stepped up as a playmaker. Uh, he has been making amazing deep throws late in games under pressure, which a lot of people were saying the narrative was. I'm not saying that this is the case or not, but a lot of people were saying the narrative was that he couldn't make plays late and especially couldn't make plays when behind because of how dependent he I'm seemed assume, to be on I'm assuming play. you're referencing that 39-yard throw to Sammy Watkins in that Lions game. I absolutely am. Okay. That, that, set, that set up, yes, it wasn't quite enough to make the field goal manageable, yeah. but it helps when you have – I would argue the greatest kicker. Of it all was time. a good play, but I'm, I, I think people were overhyping about how like plus continuing to push down the field when down two scores for majority yes. of the game against the Chiefs. Here, okay, so you you just made the point that you know yes the Ravens or the Ravens could be one and three, the Cardinals could be two and two, but you're focusing to look at the positive side of that coin. Absolutely. Then why aren't then why aren't you looking at the positive side of that coin when it comes to the, the, when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs who are two and two who have had who have been on the on the wrong side of the coin but could easily be four and zero oh if Clyde Edwards Alaire didn't fumble the ball against you guys in that fourth quarter or if they didn't turn the ball over three straight possessions basically in the red zone against the Chargers in that week three matchup like so yeah, that that's very valid um I'll, I'll talk about it like uh, I had a more expanded list but we cut it for time I had the Chiefs at seven. Because their offense is still one of the best in football. It's unbelievable. I I will be I would be a fool to deny that. And honestly, their O line is isn't great, but it's improved enough that they're very game, young. It's very young. their run game starting to hum a little bit. Clyde Edwards Hilaire yeah. looks solid now. I yeah. will absolutely be the first to acknowledge that Travis Kelsey is still Travis Kelsey. Mm. Tyree Kill started slow but looked great against the Eagles, but still looks good. He annihilated the Eagles, man. Uh, carved them up, but it's the Eagles, so I'm not going to put a ton of stock in it. It's like right. I don't put it, I don't put an enormous amount of stock in the Ravens beating the Lions. Yeah, they they should have. It shouldn't have been that close. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they they can jump back if they beat the Bills this week. They're 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 two they're number two or or number three okay. again. Yeah, so like, yeah. I acknowledge that, well, but their defense is so porous and so horrid right now. Yeah, they they have the second worst defense in football. The Seahawks are the only team worse than them statistically. And we'll and we'll be obviously discussing this Chiefs Bills matchup uh, later, oh, yeah. later later in the show in much more detail. My last point: What about Green Bay? I mean, I know they had that horrible start to that Week One matchup against New Orleans, but like you said with the Bills, you're scrapping out, you're throwing away that Steelers matchup Week One. Shouldn't we do the same with New Orleans in that week one matchup? Because since Green Bay hasn't lost a game. I I am tempted to agree with you. I was very close to putting the Packers higher. They were my number eight team. Um okay. just w- when you unfold. I So you so you believe right now that if Green Bay and the Chargers played right now, the Chargers would beat them. I absolutely do. And there wow. is one specific right. reason. Uh just to elaborate, I'll I'll keep it short just for time. But the reason I believe that is if you have a solid enough defense and you can stop Devontae Adams from catching a football, I don't know what the Green Bay offense can do to you. They got Aaron Jones. They, you can't win just running the football. You can't win football it's, games just running the football. It can certainly help you. Oh, plus, it absolutely plus can. Plus, with Aaron Rodgers, he can make any receiver look like Brandy Moss out there. I, I do agree with you. It's just I've seen so many. They shouldn't have been keeping games this close. Uh, they've had some tighter games on their schedule. 
it looks like Aaron Rodgers is still getting back in sync with this offense after taking off for most of the offseason. Yes. Um, and their defense is still it's better. Their defense looks improved. Um, the defense also looks improved, as yeah. I would say. Yeah, they, they look they look better, and I expect them to keep climbing, but I can't as easily look past uh, that loss week one Okay. Uh, because the Bills have soared back in such a way that I can't uh, I can't trust the Packers as much as I trust the Bills right now. All right, fair enough. Though, so yeah, we'll be doing uh, these these Parker's power rankings every quarter of the season. So once we get to uh, either week eight or week nine, we'll do we'll be we'll we'll be bringing back this segment. Um, now we're going to move on to our actual NFL Week Five preview. Uh, got three games here on the chopping block. Do, let's start with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, on the road against the Los Angeles Chargers. Always want to see San Diego. It's crazy. Uh, I, for one, Parker, could not be more excited about this matchup. I think it's I think it's really going to be a great, you know, kind of testing, uh, like test game for both teams, like where, where both teams are at, you know, because Cleveland did not look very good against Minnesota last week, and then San, or I literally just did it. And then Los Angeles, uh, you have them in your top five. So uh, what do you kind of look at? What do you see in this game uh, just from a broad view? These are two good teams that came into the season with great rosters and a lot of speculation. Yes. They had they had a lot of players. Lots and lots of speculation. Yeah, mostly speculation, to be completely honest. <laughs> the Chargers have looked so much better out of the gate, is my whole thing. And they the Browns dominated Kansas City for two and a half quarters of football. That That is very impressive. Offen- offensively. Offensively. Oh, absolutely. But the Chargers actually beat Kansas City. You're right. They did. It was, they you're did. right. They Mahomes did. made some mistakes. They, um, they had three turnovers in the red zone. But, to the Browns' credit, their secondary is starting to click. They held the Vikings, who looked really explosive out of the gate, to 14 points, which is cannot be denied. And their line is as good as ever. Miles Garrett is a beast. Miles Garrett is an animal. It's not even... He, he's one of the few number, number one overall picks who has truly lived up, to, li- lived up to the hype. A complete and total hit. The Browns have probably the best ta- running back tandem in the league. I can't think of two running backs that I would rather have together. They they have two top fifteen running backs. Correct, which it's, it's is insane. It's truly unf- it's if if we were if if we were in a time machine traveling back to nineteen ninety, like their like their team would still be just as effective. Yeah. Just, oh, absolutely. It's it's crazy. Um. Now that said, their pass attack has been very weak after after Jarvis Landry got injured. We yeah. you still can't trust Odell. Odell is Odell is back. He's back, but he looked not great last week. Did he not look? Did he not look good, or did Baker make him not look? We'll good? We'll get to that. You you raise a good point. Yeah. Um. That is the issue that got raised last year because yes. Landry, I think, is just a better receiver. Yes. Um. But Kareem Hunt is now their leading receiver after getting some some screens, etc. Mm-hmm. Um. So I don't really trust their pass attack. Um. The I will give a lot of credit. Like the Baker injury is not great. Uh. He's got a partially torn labrum. Uh. And he had one of the shakier games of his career against yes. Minnesota. Now, talking about the Chargers, their offense has been super explosive, as I talked about before with my power rankings. They destroyed the Raiders. They yeah. shut them out in three of the four quarters. Mm-hmm. So I trust their defense a little more. Now, they have a worse-off rush defense. So if the Browns can get this a lead. Is, this is, yeah, this is my number one matchup for this game. It's Because uh, obviously that Browns rush uh, run attack is unbelievable. It's it's it's. The combination of having both, like, because they, because what the Browns do is they usually let Nick Chubb get the bulk of the carries in the first half, yeah. in the first half of the game, and then they, start and then, and then they, and then they give a little bit more to Hunt that you go on through the game, who can they just kind of bully fresh, you. Right. The chart, if you did not know this, the Chargers' rushing defense is one of the worst in the entire league. They're, oh yeah, they they're they're allowing five point three yards per carry, which is thirtieth in the league, and then one hundred and thirty nine point five yards per game, uh, which is 29th in the league. So. 
really, I mean, if you just look at the numbers in this one, it's really not a good match for the Chargers on defense. Um, now, obviously, I'm in agreement with you. Justin Herbert has looked very, very good this season, not denying that. And I think there is a lot of potential to carve up this Brown secondary, which I'm not an, a huge fan of. I know they brought over some good pieces in the offseason, but Keenan Allen is, once again, just looks like a, a like a, he, he's 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 Keenan Allen. He's and Mike be, Williams. Let's not forget Mike oh, Williams. Mike Williams Keenan, been, Keenan Allen is drawing that coverage, and Mike Williams is yeah. carving people up. So that that and then don't and then don't forget about Jared Cook, the oh, very 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 formidable tight end. Um, I still need to see though Parker like what the Chargers can do in these close games because I, for for someone who has watched lots of Chargers football in the, in the past years, I I have so much PTSD about the Chargers just just. Absolutely blowing these close games. Oh, it's just, been it's been a, it's been, it's been horrible. Chargers fans are all too familiar where it's just absolutely losing themselves. Chargering in has the become a quarter. valid verb. So a- a- against good teams. So I know I know that winning against the Chiefs was obviously a good sign for them. But the Browns don't don't the Browns are still a very very good team in this league even when Baker Mayfield is a little bit dinged up. So I want to see how they do that. Um, let's get into prediction though because because I have this PTSD uh, about the Chargers in these close games. I'm going to lean and take the Browns in this one. I think that running attack against that Chargers rush defense is just too much for the rush defense to ask for. Um, I think that we've, 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 we've talked about it without talking about it. The Browns offensive line is also unbelievable. Oh, so, so good. They're, they're one of the top one of the top offensive lines in the entire league. Um, with all that being said, I think, I think, I think what, here's what I think will happen. I think the Browns will get a lead in this game. And then you'll and then you'll be forced to have Justin Herbert drop back a lot, and then which will then which will give Miles Garrett a, a just he's gonna. I think Miles Garrett might have a huge game in this one. Uh, so for, for all those reasons, I had the Browns taking this game 27-24 uh, in a very very close game. Ooh, I love this because we have two exact opposite situations. I completely agree with you. If the Browns can get a lead, they win this game. Yes, they have to. They have to get a score. And I believe ahead. they will. So that's why I'm picking them. I do not. I believe the opposite will happen. I think. I think the first quarter, the the Chargers might get. If the Chargers can get a solid enough lead, which I believe they will, if they can get up ten or more points, I do not believe that Baker Mayfield has it in him right now to get them back into a game the way he did last season. He had some great comebacks last year. He played great in clutch time. He's injured right now. It's not his throwing arm, but it will affect his motion, and. I trust the Chargers. I trust Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, and their weapons to get a lead and keep it. Okay. Uh, I agree. I'm scared of their defense, and this is a this is probably my biggest swing on the season. I could totally be wrong here. I'm going to take the Chargers, 31 to 17. If the Chargers are able to pull this game off, I will. You know, I'll, I'll yeah, I'll 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 be happy I'll be happy to put the Chargers in the top five, one of the top five teams. Will you agree and, with my number four? Yeah, yes, I will. Be, if if the Chargers are able to pull oh, off this victory three. against the Browns, the Chargers can slide into that number four spot. All right. Uh, let's go on to the 49ers and the Arizona Cardinals. <sighs> now this game has gotten a lot more exciting after oh, yeah. the, after this past week because if you guys have not been following the news, Jimmy Garoppolo is out for this game with a calf injury which then leaves it for Trey Lance to make his official start in the NFL. And I, for one, Parker, could not be more excited. This is going to be so, so good. Um, Now, if we're talking about this game, I'll get to Trey Lance real quickly. I'm just going to gloat for a moment because last week we talked about Cardinals versus Rams. Yep. I called. I thought it was going to be a little closer. I was was so wrong. I, I was pretty good in the in our predictions last week, but oh, that totally. but that but that Cardinals Rams game about the whole coaching mismatch. I mean, sorry if you if you guys were making bets off what I was saying. Oh. I'm so sorry. Now, if you were making bets off of what I was saying, you're welcome. <laughs> um, 
That said, divisional games are always interesting, so yes. I'm not going to write the 49ers off. Uh, I that said, I think this is going to be very rough. I okay. think this, I think this game might be rough on both sides, though. Um, yeah, talking about the Niners, uh, Trey Lance is making his first career start. Um, this might be really good for San Francisco, to be completely honest. When, when Trey it Lance, might, is, it might help him. It yeah, might when, honestly help him. When Lance has had the ball, like on his on his design plays, he's looked really solid. He's a, he's a playmaker. Absolutely, he's, he's he's a guy who can. He it's it's it, I I've compared this situation many times before. It reminds me so much of when Kansas City took Patrick Mahomes when they had Alex Smith. Alex Smith, who was a very capable quarterback, but didn't have that spark that the, that the Chiefs were looking for. It's exactly the same thing That's here. Exactly. Jimmy Garoppolo has won lots of games in this league. He's proven that he can take his t- take a team to the Super Bowl if he just if he just plays safe, free football. But he's not a playmaker. He's not one who has the quote unquote it factor. Trey Lance has all that stuff. He might not be able. He might. He not. He might not be as you know. Mistake free. He might. He's definitely gonna make oh, probably make, make, uh, make mistakes in his uh, young career. But I. I believe in. I, I believe in Trey Lance going into the future. I think he has a lot of talent. Um, yeah, my comp this week is like I'm. I'm comparing Trey Lance this week. I think he's gonna be very Zach Wilson esque. Zach Wilson is a playmaker, and he opened the season very shaky. Is that is that a, is that a knock? This, or? No, this is a very good thing okay. because I'm comparing him to Week Four Zach Wilson. Okay, who, it depends on what Zach Wilson we're talking very about. Very much so. I think I don't think Trey Lance is going to be spectacular. I I think he's going, but I think he's, we're going to see flashes of brilliance. I think I think I think that's exactly right. I think he's going to be making probably a costly turnover or two, maybe a fumble yeah. here or an uh, interception there. But I think we're going to be seeing plays. That anyone who's watching just go, wow, that kid yeah. has something that you can't teach. It has something that can lead a team to a Super Bowl. That being said, just going into other aspects of this game, a, a, a huge matchup that I'm looking at here, uh, Parker, is this 49ers D-line versus Arizona O-line. Mm. Because the 49ers D-line for the past few years has been absolutely stacked. You know, they got Nick Bosa, D Ford, Arik Armstead, and now Javon Kinlaw. They can get after the quarterback now. Unfortunately, they are going against a quarterback who can just who can just wiggle around the pocket yeah, for as long you, as he wants. If you don't grab his legs, he's gone. He he has the quickest moving feet I've ever seen, honestly. But back back to the point: if if the 49ers can rush with four and keep Kyler at least somewhat in the pocket, yeah, they have a chance to win this game because I do believe Trey Lance is going to be putting up some points. Um, and this 49ers D line or well, defense in general can play some very sound football here. Certainly. Um, now. Will they do that? I'm not sure. Here, here's what. Let's get into a prediction here. We saw we okay. Go, we're gonna go a little bit uh, history lesson here. We saw we saw the Rams and the Bucks play two weeks ago, and the Rams they they showed the world that they, that they are a team to be reckoned with. Absolutely. Then we go fast forward to last week. Cardinals come into the Rams and they absolutely show the world that they're that a team, they're to, a team be, to be reckoned with. with. Now. We're here, Cardinals coming off that huge statement win. Do the 49ers show that they are a team to be reckoned with with Trey Lance at quarterback? I say yes. Cool. I say that Trey Lance shocks the world. No, actually, he doesn't even shock the world for me because I do believe he oh, is, yeah, no, he's we, we, the best. You he's, and I he's both going thought, to be, yeah. I, I'm going to mark this down right here. Trey Lance will be the best quarterback of the, of, of the of this draft class going forward. I think I I, I agreed with he's you. He's going to be. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. I mean, maybe he just needed development, and, and he and, might get it. I mean, obviously, there's many factors. You know, Trevor Lawrence going to Jacksonville obviously isn't oh, helping him. him, but Trey Lance has has so much just just talent that's just been born with him that I think it's all going to come out here. 
uh, this Sunday. So I, I'm going to go with the Cardinals going to be coming out a little bit flat, just like the Rams were uh, when they went up against the Rams. So I have the I have the 49ers pulling off the upset uh, in this matchup with the 49ers winning 33-31 to in an absolute just remarkable first first career game for Trey Lance. I I really like everything you just said there. My concern is we saw the Cardinals come out flat against J- Jacksonville a couple of weeks ago, and what that proved to me is, yes, it's against Jacksonville. We're not putting too much stock in it. But in a game that they played poorly, Kyler Murray looked amazing. Uh, he was yeah. driving the ball down the field. Uh, there's a reason he's the MVP favorite right now. Like we talked about earlier, all his receivers are studs. And I don't – I hate the idea. Uh, I hate the idea of these 49ers that have been kind of down lately losing to Cliff Kingsbury. Right. Like, I do not – I talked about it. I don't trust him, and I like Kyle Shanahan a lot more. Uh, and I like, Trey Lan- I like Trey Lance a lot. I like their defense. But I can't in good conscience say that this is where the, oh, the win streak ends for the Cardinals. I okay. think they are so dominant right now on both sides of the ball. They're not amazing on defense, but their pass rush is getting it's almost, pressure. It's almost like their their best team in football material. Almost. <laughs> not, not quite. Almost. We'll talk about this in a second. Right, we'll right. talk about the best team in football in a second. Give me, give me your My prediction. My prediction, a real shootout. I think we talked about it. A costly interception is going to be the difference in this game. 41-34 Cardinals. Wow. Either way, either way, depending on who wins, this is going to be an absolutely phenomenal game. So. And somehow it's only the second most interesting matchup this week. It's, somehow it is. Like the, the, the cream of the crop for, for this week is absolutely amazing for the NFL. Yeah. Uh, let's take a very quick break here, though, Parker, and then when we come back, uh, we'll be discussing the Sunday night matchup that everyone's talking about, and then we'll also be getting into the MLB playoffs. Missed that last song? Want to check out our music blog? Well, then log on to www.vicradio.org. See our daily schedule, take a look at our wide selection of specialty programming, and learn more about our annual 50-hour marathon. That's vicradio.org. Your online home for the best of what's next. I'm getting a catcher's mitt. I'm getting ice skates. I'm getting a jigsaw puzzle. I'm getting dying coral reefs. A blue bicycle. A walkie-talkie. I'm getting a severe drought. Cool black skateboard. I'm getting melted ice caps. A killer heat wave. A shrinking glacier. I'm getting a devastating flood. Adults are generous. We're even giving kids global warming. But it's not too late. We can still reduce greenhouse gas pollution. Go to fightglobalwarming.com. Brought to you by Environmental Defense, the Robertson Foundation, and the Ad Council. And welcome back to HGI Sports. Uh, final segment here. Parker, let's get into this Sunday night football matchup uh, between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. Obviously the game of the week here. While the previous two games between these uh, these teams last year was absolutely amazing to watch, this game, Parker, might be on a whole nother level with the Bills playing some absolutely phenomenal football right now, well, with the Chiefs' offense playing some phenomenal football right now. Obviously, we've got to see the defense improve here uh, if, if we want to see them back to where they have been in previous seasons. Uh, Parker, give me uh, give me your take for this game. Oh, I, 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 I said before the break that I think this is going to be – this is the game to watch. That said, I don't know if this is going to be that interesting of a game to watch. <clears throat> the Chiefs' defense, as we talked about earlier, they missed the top five in my power rankings because their defense is horrendous. <clears throat> They're allowing 437 yards per game, 31st in the league, second only to um, the Seahawks, who yep. have been even worse. They're bad. allowing 31 points per game, which just barely stops uh, <laughs> no one. 
That's <laughs> yeah. Um, the Bills defense. They're, they're the- a train wreck. They're an absolute train wreck. There's no there's no denying that. Horrid. The uh, the the run defense has always it's it's always been bad for the Chiefs. Uh, going back to when even before Mahomes was quarterback, it's been bad for many years. They've, they've never stopped the, the run, the but that's, that's never been, been that big a deal. Yes, and the thing that's been most apparent this season is that going back to last year and maybe even a little bit of a little bit of 2019 I believe or 2018 the Chiefs at least had somewhat of a way to stop the pass because they were able to rush the quarterback and it had yeah. decent uh, Tyro Matthew has been an absolute so stud good. for them Honey Badger is amazing and but this yeah. year they can't even do that I mean Jalen Hurts was able to carve up this uh, the secondary last week um, we saw Justin Herbert do it the week prior it, it's it's really been concerning for Chiefs fans um, now here here is the thing though the Bills obviously are I are are they the favorite in this one according to Las Vegas? I'm not no, sure. No, I, I pretty sure Chiefs have Chiefs with, with three. Chiefs really? have plus okay. three. Depending on minus three, minus three. For Pete, I think if if you if you've been watching any of you know coverage of this game from any of the sports media outlets, I think the Bills have been getting a lot of love in this game. You know, just from the way they've been playing recently. Like I said, I know people. You know, you gotta give credit where credits due when when you know they score forty points and they shot the opponent. I completely understand that. I'm still going to be beating the drum. They played the Davis Mills Texans. Oh, they played like, the terrible teams. Uh, you you got to you have to acknowledge it. You can't just look at the score. You can't just oh, look at the box score no. and make and that's how you make the decision. Like Davis Mills was never supposed to be a starting quarterback in this league and he and he proved and he proved why last week. So I'm I'm very curious as to see what the Bills can do. Because there, because no one can stop this Chiefs offense, but you can contain it. it you, yeah. you people have been able, not not frequently, but people have been able to contain this Chiefs offense. The Bills have not, they they have not done that uh, any in either of their games. Uh, yeah. Go back to Week Five of last year, I believe, and the Chiefs just absolutely ran all over them with Clyde Edwards-Helaire, uh, and that I think it was a Thursday night game, or it was it was it was a it was a primetime game in Buffalo, and then heading back to the AFC Championship game. I mean. I believe that uh, Hill and Kelsey had nearly 300 yards receiving together, which is just out, outrageous. Yeah. Um, what is what are some key matchups that you're seeing for this game? My my thing that I'm looking at, and you are correct, the Bills have played some very bad teams. That's why I don't I don't look at the shutouts and call them shutouts. I look at the shutouts and say, oh, you demolished some teams that you were just supposed to beat. Yes. Um. So I still look at it. But they're allowing 11 points per game, first in the league. Uh, at, those two shutouts definitely factor in, so I'm not putting a ton of stock in it. But 217 yards per game is insanely good. It's very good. It's it's the best in the league by 40 or so yards yeah. on average. Um, the Bills offense, we talked about it earlier, they haven't been as lights out this year. Um, Stephon Diggs hasn't been as explosive, um, but they're... He, Josh Allen is sharing the ball around more, which is the sign of a good offense and a great quarterback. Yep. And... Their rushing game has been so vastly improved. Um, then going back to the uh, Chiefs' offense, Patrick Mahomes has been shaky. I'll, I'll be honest; he he's looked he's still looked like himself. He's still Patrick Mahomes. He's still the best quarterback in the league right now. But he's thrown four picks in the last three weeks. It hasn't been your typical Mahomes, you know, like like unflaw, like no flaws exactly. performance. Now again, it's still Patrick Mahomes. Yes, I I, I absolutely expect them to put up points. I don't like seeing his confidence so shaken. It uh, it looks like he's trying to force the ball downfield whenever he gets pressured, and that's leading to some very poor mistakes. That said, to the Chiefs' credit, their run their run game has been so vastly improved over the past couple of weeks. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is looking like a true number one back, like a top I'd say top fifteen back, maybe if I'm being generous. I think I think 
I wouldn't. I actually wouldn't say top ten. I think right I'd between that, 15, right between that ten and fifteen. Mark. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that said, I don't trust the Chiefs to stop Josh Allen or Devin Singletary or Zach Moss. Um, they're the team's three leading rushers, and Josh Allen has a cannon for an arm. Yep. So even if it gets into a shootout situation, I trust both quarterbacks to be making good throws, even with Josh Allen taking a step back this year. So in a game of almost equal offenses, in a game of offenses that I'll give the Chiefs the slight edge, I'll take the stronger defense. So I'm going to give, going into predictions, I'm going to give this 34-24 Bills. All right. So you got 34-24 Bills. Here's my final takeaway. Please. And here, and here's the biggest question for me in this game, Parker. Can the Chiefs contain the Bills' ground game, and can they produce enough third and longs? Why, why do I, why do I ask these questions? Because if the Chiefs are able to even slightly outplay what they've been showing on paper in terms of defending the run, I do not like the Bills' chance in this game because we've seen what Josh Allen, uh, when when jo- when when the Bills have been. When the Bills have been forced to win with only Josh Allen, it hasn't been always pretty. He, because Josh Allen, even though I'm, Josh Allen is a phenomenal quarterback in this league, he's still very young and has been made and, and has made some costly mistakes. In oh, the absolutely. Past. He's only he's only been good for one season. Now, that's why so many people are seeing him regress. Yes, and now there's no denying that the Chiefs' defense has been atrocious to start the season. There's no denying that. But when the Chiefs' defense has been put in certain situations, they actually haven't been as bad as they've been made out to be, particularly in third and long where the Chiefs actually thrive in because what the Chiefs' identity on defense is throwing out coverages and mixing up coverages to kind of confuse quarterbacks like a young Josh Allen. Absolutely. So if the Chiefs are able to produce enough third and longs, maybe even two or three, this Chiefs' offense is so good that that, that, that I believe that will be enough. Because you if, if the, cause you want to win this game, they have to pretty much go down the field every time and score. Pretty much every that. time. I can agree with that. And the fact that they're playing an arrowhead is, is going to make that even harder. Definitely. So, with that being said, if you – well, going back to the question, if you answer yes to that question, then this game is obviously, I think, going to be won by the Chiefs. Yeah. Even if you say no to that question, then I still think this game is a toss-up because the Chiefs' offense is just that, is just that potent. So, with that being said, I'm going to have to roll the Chiefs because that offense is just – I do believe that the Chiefs' offense still is a little bit better than this uh, Bills' offense. At this moment in time, the Bills' defense is a little bit better. But like I said, if you get the Chiefs, if the, if the Chiefs' defense is able to get this Bills' offense in those third and long situations, I like their chances. So, with that being said, I think the Chiefs are actually going to win this game uh, on Sunday night, and I'm going to give us a final score prediction of let's go 38 to 31. Now, this is just a quick question for you. I like I like that take. This is just a quick question for you after the shaky Chiefs start. Vegas still has them as the favorite to win the Super Bowl. Do you see that? Can you see that happening? Yes, uh, absolutely. I, I've 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 heard this question being asked lots of times throughout just Twitter and all that stuff. Yes, it's been it's been a rough couple weeks, but I believe this Eagles game this past week kind of got the offense back on the track. Fair. Um, not that you were necessarily off track. It was just mainly turnovers, which is something that has not been up. That that has like. The the Chiefs have been for how how potent of offense they've been. They've never been one being known to turn the ball over. So 
that was something that I think was going to be fixed pretty quickly, and, and this, Eagles, this Eagles game did show that. Plus, I'm looking at their schedule now, and they only have, uh, unless Derrick Henry runs all over them, I only see three or four more potential losses on yeah, the schedule. Yeah, and like, like the, whole, the whole rush defense is accurate, but they were going against the Ravens and the Browns back-to-back, Fair. which are two like the best running, rushing offenses in the entire league. Absolutely. So, yes, I absolutely can still see the Chiefs playing the Super Bowl. Um because this this is a group that this is a group that's been together for three years. Like this is like there yeah. isn't really a lot of moving parts here, except for the offensive line. But yes, yeah. so the answer to your question is straight up yes. I do believe Chiefs are still currently and I, currently at this point, even though they are two and two Super Bowl favorites. Um, oh, they they are betting wise, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go on to the final segment of the episode, though, Parker. Uh, and this is MLB playoffs. Uh, basically, well, we're going to be going through e- each of these uh, series just kind of quickly, giving our predictions for the winners. Uh, Parker, where do you want to start here? I can go anywhere. Um, you know what? Let's start with let's yeah, start. Let's with, start with let's just start on the top of the list. Houston, right. uh, Houston, absolutely wiping the Red Sox, uh, nine White's, to four. White's, White Sox, White Sox, White Sox. Yes, White Sox. you are correct. <laughs> nine to four. They lead the series two nothing. Um, they had five runs in the seventh inning. Uh, they looked so dominant offensively. I this could, is their revenge season. This is honestly, this is honestly not a shock for me. I mean, the White Sox going into the season were were pretty much the favorites to be the best team in baseball and they were they weren't far off, but they definitely I think underwhelmed in terms of what their season expectations were. This is a Houston team that has been here for many years. Yeah. They have been the they like going back to like 2015, like they have the Houston, I mean obviously scandals whatnot. Right. I'm not I'm not we're not here to discuss the scandal. But Houston has been in the playoffs for so long that they they're able to handle you know all the adrenaline like they they've been here done that and the team is still very very good. Um, I don't expect the White Sox just to roll over though. I, I think they'll put up a fight. But th- honestly, Parker, this series might already be over. Houston is just so good. On they've got all three they've levels. got such good momentum. They got they got they can they can beat you offensively. They can shut you down on from the mound. Like Lance McCullers was absolutely he was he was almost a perfect pitcher in that first game. He's he's. So good. Let's move on though to uh, Boston, and of course, oh Boston and Tampa Bay. Yep. Uh, Boston came back with a vengeance in Game Two uh, yesterday, winning fourteen to six. What's your take for that series? I mean, there, there's not too much to take away. Other, every team can have a very good offensive game. If you're in the playoffs at this point, you should be able to. Yes. If you want to call yourself a contender, so. I think we need to put a lot of stock in the fact that it's one to one now. Yes, that was that that was a comeback game. It was a game, it was said, a very it was a, it was a game that the Red Sox pretty much had to win. Absolutely. That said, when it comes to playoff baseball, momentum is a lot. It's yes. not everything, but it's it's, it's a, a huge lot. factor. So, and now they're, now they're going home. So having a run in mo- almost every inning in the game, uh, having one or more runs, they only had three scoreless innings in the entire game. That's incredible. That's incredible. It's unheard of. Which just tells you that their roster as a whole very well rounded. They can continue. They can continue to keep you low scoring if they have to. They were able to hold the Rays to six in a game where defense wasn't their priority. Um, so I think I, I hate going against the Rays, a hundred win team, but I gotta say that I think the Sox can ride this momentum and take this series. I, as much as I want to roll with the Red Sox, I'm go- Tampa Bay is is a team that just quietly does its job and does it re- very well. That's fair. Um, so I, as much as I want to go Boston, I am going to still roll with Tampa Bay uh, in this ALDS matchup. Let's move on internationally just very quickly, though, Parker. Uh, Brewers and Braves, uh, only one game so far in that series, uh, yeah. game two starting today. Uh, the Brewers' starting pitching staff is absolutely incredible. Cor- oh, yeah. Corbin Burns has been was awesome. Uh, any any takeaways from that one? Because I, I think 
I think honestly it could go either way, but I like Milwaukee a little bit more. I in, mean, in a game that comes down to relief pitchers, you can see that these teams are pretty evenly matched. Yes. Uh, it was it was scoreless for the first six innings, and then Milwaukee won it in the seventh yep. and just had to hold out. Um, that said, I do I do like that they were able to hold out after getting that lead two innings before the game ends. Yeah. So I trust Milwaukee, but I'm not. Uh, I would take Milwaukee right now if I was calling it. Okay. But. I think that that's a little ambitious, and I don't want to make an actual call yet because we're one game in. Yeah. you got to see which team can really seize it, especially after such a low-scoring game. I don't want to put too much stock in, in the win. Fair enough. Uh, I'll, I'll go Milwaukee in that series. I think I think, I think, think their pitching is just very, very good. I, I Pitching, people sometimes underrate pitching in the playoffs, but literally if you if you don't have reliable starting pitching or even bullpen, like you, you, you're not going to win the playoffs. It's, just, it's, it's that simple. I mean, we've seen teams who literally their entire DNA is, uh, you know, forcing the game to be six innings because once you get after six, you're just not going to beat the bullpen. Um, so I think Milwaukee has the advantage there. So I'll take Milwaukee there. Last series, though, I think the series that everyone is looking, uh, who is watching very closely, is San Francisco and the L.A. Dodgers. Uh, Dodgers um, winning that Walker game head over to San Francisco, who have been arguably the best team in baseball. Uh, for the majority of the year, oh, um, yeah. I mean, are you gonna it, like? It's just crazy because I think some people were kind of living in past years that say, "Oh, the, the Dodgers will be fine. The Dodgers will be fine." But San Francisco has just been annihilating teams all year long. Like, I mean, they, what they've been doing. I mean, they acquired Chris Bryant, and they just they're. I think they're arguably World Series favorites right now. I, I you you know me. I'm a big narrative guy. Yeah. So I I agree with you. I really I like the Giants. They're so solid. The Dodgers have looked so much better in this back half of the season. They have. They've been so vastly improved over down the stretch. Again, it's game one, um, but you can't really ignore it. You can't ignore a shutout, not in playoff baseball. No. So I got to say, San Francisco has grabbed the momentum right now. They have the reins, and I see no reason that they shouldn't be able to beat the Dodgers Ex- here. Exactly. And as much and narrative is important, but, as, but also baseball is is a numbers game. The baseball is all about the numbers and if you look at the numbers just for this regular season, the Giants led baseball in almost every important category. So, I think it's I think it's pretty hypocritical if you're if you are a baseball fan say that the Giants aren't favorites to win the series. So, I got San Francisco winning that one, but that is going to that's going to wrap up our show here today Ooh. for HQI Sports on Saturday. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh we'll be we will not be here uh next week because we got break, but we'll be uh, on the the week uh, the week after that. So, hope you guys all have a great Saturday and the rest of your weekend. I'm Josh Hobbs. Uh, I'm Parker Hollandunner, and we'll see you guys next time.